0: Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. I'm going to say right away that it is very important that you listen to the full introduction for this episode. I am going to warn you, though, it's kind of long, so please bear with me. I will be turning 28 soon here in April, and so I'm choosing to bring out content that is relevant, important, and personal to me i've been wanting to do this for a while and just haven't found the correct time to do it i feel that the time is now i am choosing to dedicate the month of april to the horror stories of those who have suffered or are suffering from domestic violence Mix in the dark tells scary stories as a person who has survived an abusive relationship i'm going to be very honest with you that I can take ghosts, spirits, sounds at night, whatever, but when it comes to abuse, something physical, emotional, or mental that affects a person, that to me counts as a true scary story. There are so many forms of abuse, and I want to share a definition from the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. Let me be clear that these episodes are not meant to blame or shame anyone, it is simply to allow a space of healing, learning, and opportunity to tell your stories and let others know that they are not alone. I will be opting out of ads, promotions, or any revenues attached to these episodes due to the nature of the content. Your stories will be kept completely anonymous if you choose, and during this series, I will be heavily monitoring comments. If you have a story that you are willing to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If you are someone who needs immediate help, please utilize the people you can trust around you or the Domestic Violence Hotline or 911. I have attached some resources in the description below. Thank you for taking time to listen to our domestic violence stories. I'm going to be honest. I've always belittled women who choose to stay in a domestic violence relationship. My logic was simple. If you knew someone who is not good for you, why stay? If you hate getting hurt, then leave. Back then, I thought that if it were me, it would be easy to leave because I knew myself and I knew my worth. It wasn't until I got myself into an abusive relationship that I started to empathize and understand victims of domestic violence. I'm Mai Yang, your producer and narrator from Mixed in the Dark. I want to let you know that domestic violence is not a joke. You don't know the path someone has walked until you've been in their shoes yourself. I used to be in a physically abusive relationship. And why till now? because i finally accepted that it made me who i am and it's a really scary thing it is an unfortunate part of me it made me feel ugly for a long time i was silent for years but now i am much more open about it and what a breath of fresh air to finally put that behind me it's traumatizing to have to replay it and it took me about 10 years to just be okay not good or fine just okay I haven't really talked about it to anyone, even my husband, so let me start at the beginning. During the beginning years of college, I dated a guy whom I thought had a lot of potential. He cared about his family a lot, went by the books, and had a strong Christian belief. He had all the qualities a girl would look for and I fell for him hard our relationship was just like any other relationship. We had our beginning stages. We had romantic dates every other day, walks at the park, picnics under the sun, drives to the city, etc. It was infatuation at its best. And surprisingly, we were doing well for about a year. Then it began, my abuse. I'm no expert, but let me educate you a little. I didn't know that I was stuck in a cycle of violence and power and control. There are basically three main stages to this cycle. Stage one, tension builds. You're arguing all the time. Stage two, explosion. This is where the physical abuse happens. Stage three, honeymoon stage. The perpetrator is sorry and promises to never do it again. And then it repeats in this cycle. Two years into our relationship, things started to change as we began to get those questions about marriage. Personally, I was a pretty outgoing person. I worked, went to school full time, and was very involved in the community. I was a musician and I had a lot of paid gigs. I had a performance scheduled probably two weekends out of the month every single month. I was busy, but I felt if it was time to settle, I would be equipped for it he was not ready and i respected that entirely i think he was at a point in his life where lots of positive changes were happening to everyone around him but he himself was not advancing financially and or personally even right now as i am telling the story i can hear myself giving him the benefit of the doubt again the second year of our relationship was also when he started to show his temper toward me My family follows shaman traditions, and he did not like the fact that I wasn't Christian. He would often say to me that he would honestly rather date a Christian girl who grew up in a Christian household. I would try to make myself into that Christian girl. I attended church, I got myself a Bible, and began to study it by myself. Still, it seemed like I just wasn't good enough. He kept comparing me to the Christian girls that attended his church, and how I just wasn't Christian enough. As willing as I was to learn, it was just never enough. On the outside, it looked like we were a pretty content couple. We also made it pretty believable. He would invite me to his church events, and he'd make me feel really bad about myself before walking into the event. I would have to lift myself up and fake myself into this happy person upon entering his events. I would often feel like I was this unclean baggage entering pure grounds. Halfway through the second year into our relationship, the physical abuse started happening. I still remember what happened day one of the abuse. We were sitting in his car late at night at his house. I forget where we came from, but I parked my car at his house, and I remember that I was going to get out of his car to go into my car so that I could drive myself home when I noticed an envelope with a girl's name and a quick congrats card with $100 inside. My first thoughts were that he was going to give that to her as a gift because they announced earlier that she finished school and would be attending a Christian college. I understood, but I was a bit confused because he wasn't going to tell me about it. I think any girlfriend would have questioned it. I asked him what the $100 was for. Without even giving me an explanation, he slapped me across the face. I was so confused that I had absolutely no reaction at first. I didn't even have five seconds to think about what just happened before he slapped me across the face again. And that's when I bawled. I was furious, angry, confused, hurt, shocked, all of the above. And because I cried, he hit me again. And again. I think that broke me. What made it worse is that without saying anything, he reached over to my car door side and opened it, gesturing for me to get out. I got out, and I headed to my car to drive home. That night, I parked outside my house and just cried. He ignored me for a few days, and I remember texting him that I was sorry and that I didn't mean to be rude. He finally texted back saying that it was whatever. I was stupid. I didn't tell anyone. And over the next few weeks, I was careful about anything I said or did. I barely focused in school. I was unmotivated to create music. I became really good at faking my happiness around friends and family that no one questioned. My college has this beautiful open field. I remember I would sit out trying to figure out what was happening. I remember this one particular day I was sitting out in the sun doing my homework when I had this sudden spark of bravery. I told myself that I was going to break up with him and that it would all be okay. I asked to see him that evening. We drove separately and met at a park. He came in and sat in my car. I remember how terrified I was of him. It took me a few minutes before I blurted out that I wanted to break up with him. He asked me why, and I told him that I just couldn't accept that he hit me. He took my hands into his, kissed it, looked me in the eyes, and told me how much I meant to him, and that he would never do it again. You guessed it, I took his apology, and from there, things were okay for a bit. I slowly started up music again, and started accepting gigs again. As a performing artist, you meet a lot of people through your journey. You keep connections and you communicate when you want to collaborate. All of my relationships were professional. You can probably guess where this is going. My boyfriend got jealous. I'm going to cut the drama short to the part where he convinced himself that I was cheating on him. One day he confronted me. We were in my car again. We just got done arguing about me doing music shows. All of a sudden he punched my thighs. The disgusting part was that he did it while looking at me in the face, saying I know that the thighs is where it would hurt the most. He attempted again, but I happened to dodge it. Because he missed, he punched my windshield. It made a big crack. He got out of my car, and he drove away in his. I sat there shocked. I did not even cry because this wasn't a surprise to me anymore. My thighs were bruised from his punches. I was still stupid. I still did not tell anyone. I felt so bad. I lied to my dad that someone threw a rock at my car while I was at the park to explain my broken windshield. I watched him tape my broken windshield because we did not have any money to fix it. My poor dad. He would have helped me if I just told him that day, but I could not bring myself to do it. The abuse went on for weeks. I'm not even going to go into details because there's just too many incidents and I'm not here for that. My mind was being messed with though, I blamed myself, I always thought I was wrong, I thought I needed to be better, and that I was the problem. One day, the abusive boyfriend took me to his girl cousin's house, who at the time was also my really good friend. The plan was to have an intervention with me about my cheating ways. It was so demeaning and totally one-sided. His cousin tried to be helpful, but then again, he wasn't all that honest with her to begin with, so she looked at me as a cheater when I walked through her door. According to her, if her sweet cousin says that he did not mean to hit me, then he really didn't. She loved and trusted her cousin so much, she could not put her mind around the thought of him being an abusive partner. She never questioned what really happened. I don't blame her. However, we are no longer friends and I'm okay with that. Sometimes you don't know what someone has been through unless you're in the position yourself. Everything else around becomes assumptions based on your own biases. I'm surprised to say some good came out of this intervention. She asked us to write good things about each other trying her best to fix our relationship. We were given two minutes to think and write. It was the longest two minutes of my life because I couldn't bring myself to write anything. In those two minutes, I played all of the things that happened in our relationship like a movie and I made a decision. I decided I did not need to care about this intervention. I did not need to care that I looked like I was being a pouty girlfriend. I did not need to care that I looked like I didn't want to be a cooperative girlfriend who wanted to save a relationship. In that two minutes, I admitted to myself that I had nothing good going for me in this relationship. A part of me, the real me, came back. I knew that I was done with this relationship. That day I walked out without a word. I did not drive there, and I did not need him to drive me home. I walked myself home. This should have happened a long time ago. I felt embarrassed because someone like me should not have been that stupid to stay for almost three years. At that moment, I realized that I didn't care what anyone else thought of me. All I knew was that I was done. Word it between my family and friends about our breakup. Not from me, obviously. I didn't tell anyone. Unfortunately, my siblings and I had the same circle of friends, so whatever he said about me came right back to me. I watched my family and some of our mutual friends lecture me about my boy-hungry ways. I watched them try to comfort my abusive boyfriend, telling him that he deserved someone so much better than me. I never blamed my family or friends because I chose to keep my mouth shut. Being abused at the time for me was embarrassing. I had an ego and pride, and for me, it was hard to be vulnerable for anyone. I never told my family, and this led me to distance myself from them for a long period of time. I only recently came out with my story last year. It's been about a good 10 years. I'm still recovering. He still hasn't admitted his abuse, and when people ask why we broke up, He goes by the story that I cheated on him. I've been living with that label on me while he lives his good Christian image. As much as I want to forgive him, I don't think I ever can. He's married now and I hope that she's okay. I want to make sure you understand that abuse can look like anything. It can look like my happy self going to church on time and conversing with everyone like normal. It could look like me on the stage performing my best and smiling at my audience. But at the end of the day, abuse is abuse. Like I said, this event had to happen for me to be who I am today. And I choose to live as a person who does not need to give a care in the world about what people think of me. And I do it with people who makes me happy and appreciate me for me. Unlike some of our sisters and brothers who suffered severe abuse, I am lucky and I am alive. I'm okay. We've lost too many to an abusive relationship. And I want to tell anyone in a domestic violence relationship that it's okay. It's okay to leave and it is normal to feel like you've failed at life and that you're going to lose people. People who support you will come along in the process. I am so happy to say that I am now married to an incredible husband who cherishes me every day. I am a teacher and now a new mom, and I love what I do every day. I have this story in my heart as I take time in my daily life to let people know that their stories are very worth my time listening and putting out. And I want to thank you for listening to my story today. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I'm your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark podcast is available on Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, and Facebook. If you have any stories that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com.